yeah, Josh, Josh is on this episode. Um, uh, yeah. later this week, if if uh, all goes well, uh, I will officially be meeting Josh in person for the first time. Yeah, we're we're very excited. We're excited. Yeah, to record yeah. something. Well, uh, yeah, we'll do. Uh, I'll, I'll bring an iPhone to the bar and just whatever <clears throat> happens over the course. Yeah, of, yeah. Uh, you know, you however many shots of dicks, my lord. You know? uh, yeah. No, that was not. Uh, we're just getting time to, yeah, drink, drink uh, Chicago handshakes and uh, yeah. see and what then do that, engage like a, in a Chicago handshake. If you yeah, know I mean. that that sounds like a euphemism for something. Um, yeah, it's a euphemism for a, a tall boy of old style and a shot of my I lord. Heard that, I heard that Rod Dreyer really likes Chicago oh. handshakes behind oh, the back of the bar. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, that's that's later. We're talking no, no. about that later. Foreshadowing. Oh, man. Uh, Rod Dreher does not deserve a Chicago handshake. <laughs> that's not going to stop not worthy a Chicago handshake. of the Chicago handshake. It's, yeah, it's a, guys, it's a guys, drink guys. special. He had, to, he had to unlearn wanting a Chicago handshake. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh God! <laughs> he really had to put his mind to it, and he had to—he had to really like deconstruct what it really meant to get a, a Chicago handshake. A Chicago handshake. Oh my God! Now I'm trying to oh. think like what the Chicago handshake should be as a sex act. Like, uh, all right, I bet you there's an Urban Dictionary for it. Already. Oh, let's look it up. Hold on. Let's look <laughs> it up. Yeah. Chicago Oh, Big clacky no. keyboard. The uh, act of killing someone by so- shaking their <laughs> hand. <laughs> No, no, no. Killing somebody by shaking their hand, pulling a gun out from your pocket, and then shooting said victim while oh. pulling him towards you. Invented by friend of the show, Al Capone. Oh, my God. Uh, well, there's the also, of course. <laughs> there's also, it's a handshake in which money is exchanged for the purpose of bribing. All right, so Chicago handshakes just when you hire a prostitute. That's okay. <laughs> so it's either when you murder someone or you, when you hire a prostitute. Right. Well, it's it's like when you smack somebody's hand, you know, for a handshake, and then you've got like a hundred folded in your hand, and they can feel it, and then they, yeah. That's that's what a Chicago handshake, apparently. A- according to Stan, the... the uh, Cheetown man from 2009. That is what it is. Man. <laughs> Cheetown. That famous <laughs> that famous city. The second place, Cheetown. On Earth. Oh yep. baby, will you love what it's worth? Oh, Cheetown is a place on Earth. That's a good one. That's yeah. a <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I mean, saving. So, so we're we're calling the the Mammonberg Council on uh repro- on on making a society and how to make society more good <laughs> in the future. Um, the Technocracy Council. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the Technocracy uh, Council. The, the institutions of Mammonberg are in crisis, and the various uh, heads of departments and colleges and, uh, you know, the the uh, the shambling bureaucratic apparatus that, that uh, animates the soil of this, this blessed land... Um, 
we're all we're all here and we're discussing the big problems and the the solutions to it and uh yeah what what are we're they? the elites yeah we're the elites. <laughs> we're the elites and we're trying to figure out how best to reproduce ourselves uh I'm, oh god yes uh, how best to reproduce ourselves so we're talking oh, about god. sex fellas we're talking about the the bonkers the jungle dingers, the fuck wonkers, well, you know what I mean? I think that already inst- it set it up there. That was Phil. Uh, Phil. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, listen, I need to carry my, my, my consciousness has to be carried through the ages. I need to have a line of progeny so I can expound. I can place my consciousness inside each one of their bodies. I will live eternal. Thank you. Man, just have a, a bunch of mistresses. That's what I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Josh. Uh, I'm the I'm the head of something important. Got a lot of medals. Been bouncing around between the the corporate world and the government world for a lot of years. Don't really know where I am, but uh, I don't know. I th- uh, we got We got to fix it. The kids are the kids are too gay, and the kids are too gay. They they don't want to they don't want to kill foreigners anymore. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we gotta gotta nip that in the bud to uh keep how the war machine rolling can't even uh, commit keeping, war crimes uh, anymore how how keeping the disgusting. weapons profits uh keep that pipeline flowing just uh global just distribution weak willed little fucking cunts uh, you know what i yeah. mean <laughs> and the kids are too gay to just uh keep profiting off of bloodshed and destruction so that's right that's that, right. I, that's that's uh they're that's engaging my stupid little phrases like council. oh loving their neighbor or like uh, forgiving the debts of people every seven years or so like what the fuck is this you know i i say uh people who have debts should pay twice their debt because that's how hard they grind Josh, you got to say another name, or this is going to keep going with oh, Phil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then we got uh, uh, Jackals here. Yeah, no, I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm here. Uh, I have more medals than you know. Idiot means drip, where he had more medals than could possibly fit on a coat. I got that going on. Um, <laughs> mine, mine I am though. I am. For the record, I guess the head of the joint. The head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff of Mammonburg. Um, I've been yeah. I'm a former Lockheed Martin, Martin executive. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's my favorite Soviet joke. Uh, uh, ja- Jackal uh, recently got out of surgery. What? What do you get? Uh, chest expansion surgery for more room for medals. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, you, you know, when you're making a in a character creation uh, section of a video game where you could just expand the chest of your character to just ridiculous proportions that's what I've, I've had to do for the amount of medals that i have yeah he's got like three hearts in there just pumping blood to his entire chest it's just that large cronenbergian monstrosity it's it's all for the medals which i i that's won right. every single one of them i deserve every single one of them. you deserve Jack- them jackal now. has three hearts because we had to give him uh, separate hearts to contain all his bravery. I have five. I have five medals of honor. How is that possible? Don't think about it too much. 
uh, former Lockheed Martin executive. Uh, I'm really concerned about the uh, about debt relief. See, if there's too many people that get debt relief, we're not going to have as many soldiers to throw on the front lines. That's the primary way of getting patsies for the war machine. We need more of them. So that's my primary concern. Also, we need to buy more knife missiles. Yes. <laughs> Who could argue with we have to, yes. look, I've got I got people I've got like at least five different different princes from sub sub backwater part of, the, uh, of of this planet that we're gonna bomb at some point but we're working with right now that there are several doctors without borders hospitals that we could be attacking right now yeah that, that with, backwater with the province missiles. you were talking about i think that what was it with the princes i i, I, what, I think it was called england yeah yeah you know these yeah, these the, openings it's into, um, the, into a civil war at the moment you don't understand how much have you seen those little kids have dead eyes they will buy so many knife missiles uh, I'm going to break kayfabe for a second and say these openings used to be a cute little thing where we do a little role playing and each person did like 10 seconds. And now I think they would be completely impenetrable to anybody who this is their first episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have no idea what's happening right now. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, so I'll say I'm uh, Josiah so we can, we can close <laughs> out our... The, I mean, the Mammonberg TTRPG sourcebook coming out. Uh, yeah, it's coming out soon. It's coming out uh, soon, guys. I am. Uh, I am Josiah. I am um, uh, Rod Dreher's worst nightmare. I climbed out of his strange psychosexual dreams. Uh, I am. A, I am a, a, a Jewish technocrat uh, concerned with making homeschool kids gay. <laughs> this will make sense when we talk about the Rod Dreher article. So uh, um, <laughs> why won't your why won't your father your true father Josiah why why won't he reach out and say he loves you you know true father Rudrier my that's right. yeah, that was did. that was Vermeule. Let me tell you, that's, that's how I got blocked by Vermeule. You that's have, how you got Twitter. <laughs> but, but, you know. This is amazing, Josiah. You have two dads: <laughs> Rod Dreher and Adrian Vermeule. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, awesome! So we're off to a great start. Rod Dreher and Adrian Vermeule. Uh, uh, Welcome to Mammonburg, everybody. Welcome to Mammonburg, everybody. And we got a lot of a lot to talk about this episode. <laughs> we haven't done a news episode in a while, and a lot of news has happened. Uh, but I think the most important piece of news to start off with is uh, uh, Rod Dreher outing himself as gay in his most recent American wait, conservative article. Wait, 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 wait. Is that is that is that the cluck of a a gaggle of horrible chicken monstrosities in the distance, Josiah? What? I feel like one of them is <laughs> one of them's uh, piping up to say something. What, what, oh my god. You're really bringing this back. What if what what if Ron Dreyer was gay? Wow, was gay. We are continuing with the theme of making this ep- this uh, this episode incomprehensible to anybody who hasn't for those yeah, right. nothing, for at least yeah, a year. Callbacks to a show for a year. A brief aside, we had a bit about a tweet that I made, which was Buffalo Wild Hands. And so it evolved into this joke about these horrible chicken monstrosities created by combining the genetic template of Phil and a chicken together to create annoying little monstrosities that say phrases like, what if Rod Dreyer was gay? What if Andrew, yeah. Andrew Vermeule was Oh my god, we have to explain what if- the, 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 the original one was, what if Jordan Peterson was gay? Which was my favorite, <laughs> to be honest. Because it was 
there's a instead of lobsters, he's really into bonobos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this podcast is so stupid. Uh, we <laughs> so did uh, who, who of us? Who of us actually read the Rod Dreher article? I, oh, I couldn't bring myself to. Uh, I yeah, just I well, got. I, I got halfway. There halfway are other parts it. that are just so depressing. We should get the gay stuff out in the open, and then I, Josh and I both read it, and we have some thoughts yeah. about the broader. <laughs> Let me. I'm gonna bring it up right now. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see if there's yeah, anything it, in there. I. I find really substantial. So, I, so I'll for, read for it those, out in a dumb voice for everybody. For those, for those who who aren't on Twitter. Uh, this recently floated around. Rod Dreher wrote an article in which he uh, explicitly says, uh, you know, heterosexuality is something you have to achieve. It doesn't come naturally. You know, teenage boys like me didn't didn't want to have sex with women. I mean, that's not a thing that, you know, we naturally want. It's something we had to strive for, you know? <laughs> and, and if there weren't social pressures uh, against having gay sex at my school, I mean, I would have been fucking a lot of guys. It, this is basically word for word what he put in the article and nobody no one editing at american conservatives paused to yeah. think dude <laughs> you so, might need to do some consideration <laughs> the article is forgetting how to be a civilization i think oh yeah that's yeah, the yeah. one and, it, and it's right i mean and this is this is like uh uh, uh will Menneker had uh, the tweet like this is the rosetta stone of rod Rayer. this is this is like the fundamental psychosis uh it's it's all of his concerns it's his own it's his own wrestling with his own sexuality and it's just it's all like the dog whistles are done it's just all out there you know let me fucking load this article yeah. up. <laughs> so yeah. right just now fucking... I'm, <laughs> I'm reading some of the article right now and it's um a lot of conservative families despite their faith and values are going to watch their children fall into arrangements like this thruple and it's just a dude and two ladies <laughs> And I'm like, before we even get to there, there is okay. Let me find. I'm gonna read some quotes from this. The um, deadly satanic allure of the thruple, everybody. Okay. <clears throat> One thing that is very, very hard for conservatives today to understand is that elites matter immensely. It is true that they aren't everything, thank God, but they matter far more than many of us like to think. The sociologist James Davison Hunter, a Christian, has made this point powerfully. Why is it he wrote in 2010? That evangelical Christians make up something like 40% of the U.S. population, but have almost no effect culturally, whereas, what do you think, what group is he going to bring up now? He's going to bring up gay people. He's going to bring up nope, gay nope, people. Nope, nope, nope. It's what? worse. It's worse? Oh, black people. Nope. Wait, really? Uh, okay, I'll start over. Evangelical Christians make up 40% of the population, but have no effect culturally, whereas... Jews are less oh, than 2% of there the U.S. population. There we go. But exercise oh. immense cultural in the, influence. We are in the David Icke zone, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is, I swear to God, Henry can't keep being fucking right. Yeah, yeah the not... Henry Wallace method continues to pay off. <laughs> yeah, so long as somebody's just search... X name plus Jews, you'll always get it. You'll, you'll always, always get, it. get it. And he explains, it's because Jews are heavily represented among elites while evangelicals are not. Now he adds, to be clear, in complete bold, Bullshit. Hunter was not making an anti-Semitic point. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's I'm sure about that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. He absolutely was not. 
Yep, totally. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just a just a, a neutral observation of facts, right? Yeah, I'm just talking that's about, what they always about say. Facts but, and statistics, guys. Why? Why you? Why? Why is everyone his, getting so mad at me? His his broad thesis here is that the elites in America, the 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 PMCs, right? They they're all progressives, and we we Christian conservatives need to fight back as aggressively as they're fighting to indoctrinate our children and make them gay. Yeah, we need to and indoctrinate he, our children and make them gayer. And I I think it is a really bizarre thesis because he moves on to it's interesting because he would hate me saying this he starts floating stuff that could really be like straight out of like late freud um some of it but like in the weirdest grossest way possible if that makes sense because he's like yeah the society has this like uncontrolled male id that it you know civilization has to repress certain like forms of sexuality to be functioning or whatever which is like true but like when you do that with freud it's like yeah we should repress like pedophilia and rape yeah (laughs) so (laughs) which i agree yeah (laughs) another thing that's got me nuts here is how he breaks down um his numbers for lgbtq representation amongst the amongst the successive generations he's saying that it says uh, like he he lists a bunch of he lists a bunch of numbers i won't read out because they're just boring but uh he he then responds to it by saying this is morally insane i mean it the number of gays and lesbians has held fairly steady in society at between two and four percent, and I just want to know where he got that number for because that's not it's an old number. Not- and you know, and okay, one thing I wanted to zoom in on, especially too, because he calls out my people, my people, <laughs> the former homeschooled kids, oh. um, and he points out that homeschoolers are as likely, if not more likely, to identify as LGBTQ or non-binary. So he's like, so homeschooling won't save us from the culture, which I think is kind of funny because he wrote a book uh, about how we should all live on a commune and... and, uh, well, homeschool, here's, but here's the anyway. issue with that because, but, like, no. if you raise your kids in isolation in homeschool, you'd think the thesis of his statement would be that, like, I guess the formulation is keeping them I, isolated from society would make them separate from this culture that makes you gay. Yeah. However, yeah, yeah, the yeah, issue but, is that's proven wrong by the fact that in isolation people come to conclusions about themselves. Yes. Well, and and if you, I mean, before we get to that, I I, I will say he, I. I do think this is true Uh, from people I grew up with. This is this is true. Homeschoolers do seem to like oftentimes come out really fast because they got repressed really hard and they come out with fury when they come out. Mm -hmm. You know, like they they really come out because it's a fuck you. And I know this because I grew up around a lot of these people who did this. And so it's kind of like a fuck you. Yeah, this is exactly the point. You can't control the culture anymore. Social media will allow people to learn things about themselves, which is good because the other option, if you're just sexually repressing people and not allowing people to understand their own desires, is you have homeschooled kids that are living like they're in dog tooth. You know, well, like it. it <laughs> well, I, listen, I have, I have, I have been my... trying. I was just about to bring up dog tooth. Like, I'm yes. like Rod Dreher wants us all to live in dog tooth. Like, but here's full the stop. Thing. This amount of sexual repre- like repression at a young age, you know what it eventually turns you into? What? It turns you into a writer for the American conservative. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, folks. Writer of, writer of the ar- article, Rod Dreyer. This is a I, bananas article. I, I, I want a self-fulfilling prophecy, I wanna, folks. I feel let, let's 
let's focus on kind of the key thing that a lot of people are taking away from this, which there's other stuff in the article that is worth talking about, just like what our uh, like what our lovely co-host Josiah went into. However, the thing that people really are focusing on, which I, I can't really blame them because it's such a batshit <laughs> thing to read, is the heterosexuality is something that must be achieved. It is a scary thing for a teenage boy to think about sex with a woman. I, I will speak as someone who was once a straight teenage boy. No. It's, yeah. Yeah. That's, not, um... Like, yeah, the, which yeah, isn't to the say thing, there is an anxiety around around sexuality sure. in general, but, like, no, but once... Not, like, I mean... But not, not I that. just, I... No. <laughs> Gosh, it, I'm, it, I'm so nervous about the sex I, I have to be having. It, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so anxious about it. I need to, I don't know. I need to really get in the no, right headspace. Yeah, no, notoriously, teenage boys uh, are absolutely terrified by the thing that they think about eighty percent of the time. Eighty percent is is generous. I would say that it's a full yeah. ninety, not ninety ninety five percent. Yep. Uh, ten uh, percent yeah, of that's uh, Call of Duty. I, I'm assuming right. I guess my uh... <laughs> and then the other yeah. the other point thirty monster energy like drinks monster Co- yeah yeah eight uh, percent Call of Duty duty two percent monster energy drinks uh, yeah ninety ninety percent uh, pussy yep that that that's, that's about it <laughs> there there's something here that just it is extremely clear to me. That Rod Dreyer is not attracted to women, like yeah, at and, all. And to yeah. Be, like that statement is out of itself. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, yeah. To be clear, yeah. I'm not shaming him for being <laughs> right. obviously gay. It's more okay. I, I've said this for a while. Rod Dreyer chose the worst path for himself because the kind of guy he is, he would love, he would love to be an urban liberal, a guy who like middle class. Uh, upper middle class guy who lives in New York City. He writes for the New Yorker and he reads classic novels and eats oysters. Like that's the kind of guy he wants to be. And I've added on that list that he also would like to be a gay man doing all those things. He would be very happy as a gay guy who writes for New Yorker. And yet he has chosen the way to make his life the most miserable. I, yeah, I just like this is this is all the early chapo jokes about it is like he he was born too early to just be a small bean guy on twi- on tumblr right <laughs> like that's he was he was meant to like listen to the replacements and be bisexual on tumblr uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he would just be so much more happy i yeah it's genuinely if he wasn't yeah. such a piece of shit i would feel yeah. really bad for him i know yeah like uh me and josiah were talking about this off mic but like i think a lot of the reason you know we're so uh you know fascinated with dreyer outside of like uh, again yeah chapo kind of putting him in the canon for the broader left like before that he was just a weirdo christian columnist you know Mm -hmm. Um, But he's representative of like a path that I think was available for me and Josiah at certain points in our lives. Very much a type Um, of guy I could have become. Right. Uh, Yeah. yeah. If something went, you know, a little different at a certain point in my life and my goals, my priorities had been different, I could have wound up in a very Dreyer, a Dreyer like position, maybe not quite at his level, but like I might have a writing job. And yeah, I I wouldn't have the. 
I wouldn't have the repressed uh, homosexuality aspect to it, but I'm sure I'd have found a different thing to repress. Right. No, like, <laughs> yeah, what what kind of other depraved monster could I have become, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. But yeah, it's just it's just funny. It's like I I don't know. Um it's 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 baffling. And uh the thing is though this like chunk that's so funny in the article is like uh I think it's it's so funny that people have not zoomed out and read the whole article cuz there is a point when he praises Alexander Dugan's uh view on the world at the end, which is uh wild. And uh, kind of crazy. Nobody has yeah. pointed that out. <laughs> oh, Alexander oh. Dugan. Yeah. More uh, if moreover, if you look at the entire speech, Dugan is legitimizing Russian imperialism as a holy war. All of that I strongly reject. Nevertheless, I don't say Dugan is entirely wrong. Mm, there it is. The there West it really is. has. Yeah. I, the real I, the West really has become an anti-traditional civilization, one that despises mm-hmm. traditional values and the brands. Those who don't share yeah, he, those values he's, he's as like, bigots. He, He's like the problem with the Nazis is they invaded Poland, not the not ideology. The fascism, that's basically you know? what he said. Yeah. That's... <laughs> now, my biggest issue is I think Jackal is actually just about to touch this is that he could be Christian much in the same way that he currently is, you know, but mm-hmm. not a shithead, obviously. Just yeah, like could, yeah, the base sorry. elements of it. He could still he be could, that and be gay. He could still and, be. And be this upper crust. He, very clear. He wants to be a coastal elite liberal. He so badly wants yeah, to. Yeah, he, he be a fucking guy with a PhD in classics who's like a gay Episcopalian. Yeah, <laughs> so you can be that guy. His life would be so That's a good better. kind of guy, actually. <laughs> like, it's a pretty decent kind of like guy that. to be. Yeah. <laughs> All like, things considered. If you yeah. talked about, about politics, you probably would get annoyed because it would be just the most cookie cutter, like, dem shit. But, yeah, but it's like those people are rarely malicious. You know, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, said, yeah, right. he would be a better person to be around. He probably would also be like a better family, uh, like family. He would be a better, better father because it's very clear that he this that his family situation is completely collapsing on itself. Well, I I can kind of under not to be not to be a, a vindictive little bisexual here, fellas. But to be honest, it, it really does seem like he fucked off to Hungary for those hunky men and their beer. Ooh. Those hunky men and they're they're, they're enchanting yeah, hung- beers. It's like Hungarians, Hungarians. Man. Ha- has anybody seen the Lucino Visconti film The Damned? I have not. Uh, uh, not that one. I wait. Do you mean the? No, uh, no, he, no, the he, movie. he did Death in Venice. I think is his other is one of his other he, German trilogy. But The Damned is uh, it's yeah. Germany pre World War Two, uh, just a Nazi rise to power, and it's all about a German industrialist family, like the Nazis, kind of approaching them and them deciding like where to go and how it it all kind of comes crashing out. But there's like one one uncle in the family who's a member of the SA, and like a pivotal scene is like uh like it, it's a metal factory, so they're they're manufacturing machine guns, and it's the point like do we give this to the SS or the SA? And the you know um so the SA guys go on a little a little weekend and it just it's just this extended party sequence and by the end they're all fucking each other and then the Nazis show up and kill them. <laughs> Where am I going with that? Uh, no, I have no um, idea. Well, Rod Rod's kind of like that. I don't like a bit. Yeah. No, he wants he wants to have his kid. Yeah. I, 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 I yeah, guess, like, to, like yeah. he's a similar. It's I, that's the tension he exists in. Is like, yeah, he, he, he wants, he wants this, like, he wants to participate in this, like, you know, great 
civilizational project, but he knows he himself is too much of a sinner to adequately participate in it. Right, right. Um, And I think he knows deep down, you know, the reason he can't act on this is because he will be, you know, if 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 the if the people he's backing come into power, if he slips he up, will be, he's done. He's done. like mm-hmm. there is and no talk. Like, <laughs> and uh, his even if they don't come into power, like the life that he has built for himself, this miserable facade is going to collapse in on itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it largely already has. I mean, again, like again, yeah. this is this is his tweeting it out, or like, I mean, it's tweeting it's not like it. It, yeah, it, it's never been. Uh, it's never been subtle you know it's we've all known who this guy actually is it's just he finally spelled it out and it's Mm -hmm. also uh, he's spelling it out in a way that is him denies further like just deluding himself yeah yeah 100 percent um because it is that right yeah he's wrestling between that desire of uh you know fulfilling his own sexual desires or uh Mm -hmm. and 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 then just seeing how that that necessarily feeds into this like yeah, grand, grand imperial, you know, I, yeah, it's all, it, it's, it's the same move they always make. It's this like decay of, you know, civilization thing. And it's always like, it always comes down to personal character rather than, uh, you yeah. know, material conditions. It's, it's, um, I, I am, I don't normally like the psychoanalytic description of fascism as like sublimated homosexuality, but God damn it. Does Rod Dreher fit the bill? Oh God. <laughs> well, they love having a big file on those guys so they can control them. Like that's, that's God true. Damn it, man. I mean, that's well, the way fascism, if, if I'm not mistaken, fascism essentially, uh, occupies the same like psychosexual, the, the way that it works is that it, it, it feels it fulfills the need for a certain kind of self-actualization that only works to serve a very specific fascist end, but it makes the people who participate in it feel... I mean, yeah, they're they're somewhat betraying themselves, but they're also not betraying themselves at the yeah. same time. I wouldn't know how to describe it fully. I kind of lack the language yeah, you, right now. You ever but, uh, hear... It? I, I, I haven't read it fully but i've kind of read some of the introduction uh klaus thualite i mean speaking of psychoanalysis um mm-hmm. he's a psycho uh, klaus thualite's uh, male fantasies uh he's actually mm, yeah, yeah. examining letters that members of the free corps before world war ii sent to each other and, and these themes he identifies like you know what their fantasies are well they all seem to hate their wives and all the women in their life but they feel this like extreme duty to like be married but their true desire is to like be out with the boys and uh, just do killing um like their ultimate fantasy is mm. the bloody mass mm, after, delicioso uh, uh you know so i mean there's yeah it's a cultivation of sexuality towards uh you know it's it's death drive <laughs> yep it's death drive <laughs> it's I, pure death I, drive I, I, I promised josh that we wouldn't start getting late freud in this episode <laughs> and then here we are i'm so sorry guys <laughs> It's hard not to. Um, I, it's God. really hard when, so, when a, a walking example of <laughs> like I mean, it's just right. Roy would yeah, have he, a field day with Rod because, like, I mean, yeah, like it's in his name, Jackal. His name is <laughs> fucking Rod. That's, that's a good point. That is a good He's point. Got a Rod, I mean, a, a sort of creative mispronunciation because I get, don't really know how he pronounces his name, but Rod Dryher is a pretty. Uh, <laughs> no. Whew. Man, Rod is pretty dry for her. (laughs) (laughs) Not for him, though. For him. Oh, oh, Uh, Oh, man. 
Good work, Sorry, everybody. Everyone. This is our uh, uh, most uh, most homophobic episode. There are, two, there are literally two. two listen, we there are two had, bisexuals here. It's all. It all like let's let's be very clear here. The reason why we're making jokes about Dreyer in this way, at least on my end, is that Dreyer is a despicable human being, and it's oh, very yeah. very yeah. funny to make fun of someone who is so. It's yeah. I so wanna, apparently like, repressing stuff. Uh, right? Yeah, he's turning his. Yeah, he's he's inflicting his own inner turmoil on on innocent people by you know yeah backing some of the most horrendous programs in society right now. So like yeah, mm-hmm. fuck them. <laughs> at the end of the day, like, but at the same, but yeah, yeah, it's like at the same time, it's like, dude, you just need to let go of these couple things, and like, you're gonna be You'd happy, be so much happier. Like, so yeah, many people so- outside of him can see that. Anyway, that's I think that's my. My concluding Final statement. On it. Yeah. So, fun fact: uh, every we all know that Rod used to be Catholic, went and uh, converted to being an, uh, an Orthobro, right? Mm-hmm. So, the reason why he converted to Catholicism was because of the sex abuse scandal, right? Yeah, that's oh. partially true. What was the other? However, reason? the he said that the sex abuse scandal the, in the Vatican was not a pedophile problem. Oh. Do you want to know what he believes that the problem is? It's a gay problem, isn't it? Sexual abuse of minors is facilitated by a secret, powerful network of gay priests known as the Lavender Mafia. That's right. That's right. So I think it's completely morally fine to make fun of Rod. Oh, yeah. No no disputing that. There's Um, nothing wrong making fun of him. I encourage everyone to do it. And on that wonderful note, should we move on? Yeah. Yes, let's is let's move a, on. We've talked too much about. <laughs> we've talked a lot about. about I mean, in, in some ways, it's redundant, but I do want to. Uh, so, yeah, I'm driving Mammonberg today. Um, the, <laughs> uh, uh, I, so, in some ways, redundant, but I mean, if we're if we're looking at like the original cast of characters of uh, conservative evangelical nationalists, nay, or you know, almost Nazi Twitter, like uh, Matt Walsh has also been in the news oh, recently for oh, some of his yeah. his old You're right. bits. You're right. Uh, I forgot which, about oh boy, that. We... Guys, guys, it's uh, you're actually taking me a hundred percent out of context for wanting to impregnate sixteen year old girls. I just you don't understand the context. You don't understand. It's 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 not what it looks like. I'm just saying. And then yeah, you know the yeah. It, I, I think it, uh, it's, it's, so when that stuff came out, what was fucked up to me is how, like, I think his talking points were actually pretty common amongst a certain group of evangelical yep. men in, in yep. 2000. Like, I wasn't unfamiliar <laughs> with that rhetoric. Uh, and it was, it was good to see, like, people, like, kind of reacting with the appropriate horror to it. But, like, I don't know. I think at, at a certain point in my life, like, shit like that was normalized in evangelical yes. spaces. To- for for a listener at home who doesn't know, Matt Walsh had a clip leak, leaked. I mean, it was on. He put it on a public thing, but it was sort of floating around. Um, where uh, he uh, talked about the the breedability of sixteen year old girls, and that it's it's uh, it's good. We should be encouraging uh, men to impregnate sixteen year old girls. Oh. Um, and. You know, like you know, women are most we we most fertile at an age that's below the age of consent. La di da di da. Jackal, jackal, and sound the alarm. Stop! The Let's alarm. stop now. Now let this and, is no. This and is so gross. 
And, oh and this is coming from one of the chief guys behind the whole calling every gay person or trans person a groomer, which has been like my running thesis that 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 back to Freud, uh, most of this groomer shit is just repressed pedophilia, like on the part of the people making like accusing it. You know what I mean? Like, I, oh, I, yeah. really, <laughs> I really no, I'm, buy that. I'm like, I'm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of surprised, like, something more substantive hasn't come out about Matt Walsh yet. Uh, I mean, I right, I don't want to, like, speculate too speculate, openly. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, this is, this is like, enough. Like, this is enough to, like, I, as if he has, you know, removed himself from the good graces of anyone who can reasonably call themselves a human being. Um, <laughs> like, I... I I don't know. Like he's he's odious. His ideas are odious enough on their own that like I I it's beside the point whether or not he acts out on it in his life. Yeah. But like I want to take a peek at his hard drives, man. I mean I yeah. don't, but I do. I want to I want to see a list of the contents. I like, think it's very funny that as you say that the moment that I check my Twitter feed, there there's check my, Matt Walsh. <clears throat> uh, cut that out. There's check Matt Walsh's hard drives just. So many <laughs> tweets of that because, like, okay, because he did he defended Josh Duggar, and Josh yeah, Duggar had yep. basically the worst material in the world in his possession. You know, yeah, like if if there is a yeah, uh, you know, so if they like, had if he's defending from, from Interpol, say yeah, this is the absolute worst collection of this shit that I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. And on that on that note, shall we move on? Now, Hungary is a normal country, not a perfect one. So, another Friday is upon us. Still, I told Tucker, there are plenty of good things going on here. What will you be doing, Smithers? Something gay, no doubt. And lessons that American conservatives can learn and should learn. What? You know, lighthearted, fancy-free. From the way Prime Minister Viktor Orban and the Fidesz party govern their country. Mothers, lock up your daughters. Smithers is on the town. <laughs> exactly. Ever since the beginning of time, teenage girls have been getting pregnant, uh, even biologically. And, and this is me just stating, I'm, I'm just, right now I'm going to start by just stating facts. Uh, fact three, girls between the ages of like 17 and 24 is when they're technically most fertile. Yeah. Okay? That's biological. That's way too young to start a family. Why? And uh, because now we... Horse rates would probably go up and... So what I'm saying is that the problem is not per se teenage pregnancy, it's unwed pregnancy. Mothers, lock up your daughters. I, I hope terrible things happen to that man. And I, I think, I think uh, you know, uh, karma, the universe, uh, you know, speaking as the non-Christian in the group, uh, you know, karma, the universe, uh, the various energies, uh, they'll, they'll come back. <laughs> they'll uh, come back. <laughs> No, um, I, I, I have to believe that. Otherwise, I don't think I could wake up in the morning. Uh, all I'm going to uh, say is that Matt Walsh should be afraid of hell more. All right. Moving on. Uh, guess what, guys? It's time for uh, uh, world news. We're, we're leaving our little uh, internet field sphere here, little American domestic sphere, and we're going off abroad. World Hop in the plane, everybody. You need to, uh, there's some, I think you could drop, have some, like, there, you need some good audio drops for this one, like a good plane, like a good, like, yeah. travelogue, like, plane noise with maybe even a little, Hi, this a little is theme Philip Cozy <laughs> reporting live from Ukraine, where I have just been yeah. shot in the ass. <laughs> okay. Uh, instead of that, we actually just flew to Iran, so, uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> Hi, we're in Iran. We're in Iran now. Um, so we talked about Iran a lot last episode, so I don't want to get too much into it. But I did want to throw this in here because uh, one thing Keanu, uh, by the way, listen to last episode if you haven't. It was uh, one of my one of my favorites we've done in a while. Um, and Keanu talked a lot about what uh, what's going on in Iran and what uh, what the world needs to do to help Iranian protesters. Right. And one of the biggest things to help Iranian women, if you are a, uh, a good feminist and you're supporting the uh, the women protesting, um, is to is to end the sanctions. Yeah, maybe no which, sanctions, guys. Maybe, maybe because the sanctions have made life miserable for women. Well, fellas, and guess what we did? Guess what we did? I Why we have to bring this up again is because within a day of us releasing that episode, Biden announced sanctions. Sanctions! Woo! Yeah, the, the things More that famously sanctions. always work. Always and, work. <laughs> yeah, baby, that's what I'm talking about. Sanctions. And you know, right now they are targeted sanctions on the the uh, what I, I the morality police is the problematic term, right? Uh, it's it, they're aimed at them, but Biden has hinted at further action, and I think it's just pretty obvious to say if you actually care about Iranian women, you will oppose these because this is not going to make life better for them it's going to make them worse yeah well well the uh the people who you know actually run the the iranian state will you know continue to be fine materially um so that's about all we just wanted to throw that in there so now we're we're hopping back in the plane and we are flying really far we are flying all the way to brazil everybody oh my god that's right the he Brazilian lived. elections are on. I mean, the, the, the fact, I will say, pre, I'm, prefacing, I'm prefacing this with the fact that it is a great injustice to sanity, the the will of God, and, like, any structure that exists for justice in this world that Bolsonaro keeps just escaping death time and time again <laughs> like some sort of <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> Every other month. Every other month, it's like Bolsonaro's sick again, and then it's like, oh no, he's out of the I hospital. Mean, how, he's fine. How hasn't the COVID like literally liquefied his brain yet? I don't know, but I will say you it's can't been pretty funny what that there. <laughs> it is pretty funny that he had uh, poop uh, pourced out through his nose multiple times. So we'll oh, give that's him right. That. that was that's pretty right. Funny. He just can't. He can't stop eating the steak. I feel like his body he just <laughs> desperately wants colon cancer. <laughs> That's fun to him. When he dies, I feel like it's going to be one of those like Charles Habsburg situations where they like open him up and like they find out that he's been kept alive because all of his organs were sectioned off by doctors into their own little colostomy bags and then like sewn back into him. <laughs> Like, they, they just were like, put his heart in this one, and then, like, just sew it all the- We just gotta get a few more years out of him, so that they just, like, put a bag around all his vital organs, each one, and bundled it together with, like, a, a lung or, like, you know, another section. We're like, yeah, this guy's good. I've had a He'll long a running theory that God is trying to kill this man. God is trying to yeah. kill this man, but Satan is keeping him alive, and I think that's just, like- Really, a duel of will. The white, uh, or just, uh, um, so in, uh, oh my god, the, uh, Black Leopard, Red Wolf, uh, Mar the Marlon James novels, um, the fantasy novels that have been coming out recently, like, he, so there's black magic, but another, another, um, term he comes up with is white science. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and because white is the color of nothingness. 
and that's what like <laughs> all the like uh there's like a certain you know c- civilization in in the in the book that they do like really fucked up you know white science stuff like it's yeah, like... and shit <laughs> uh, uh, so i think right so it's white science that's keeping, that's keeping alive. alive. well as a as a good calvinist i do have to say that god is keeping bolsonaro alive but what he's doing with it is he's keeping him alive to torture him as much as possible <laughs> that that poop thing is going to keep happening for <laughs> like 10 years by the sovereignty of God, you are going to just have to keep. <laughs> like his entire digestive sh- system is just going to invert by the time he dies. Like, yeah, like, like he's going to be mouth that he breathes out of his ass. Right. I mean, he's just going to become a Cronenbergian like flesh he's monstrosity. Yeah. <laughs> have you look at like look at Bolsonaro's face and tell me that he doesn't? There's not like yeah. just ooze pouring out of his pores at every moment he is he is uh jeff goldblum at the moment before in the fly before he bursts out you know when he's just (laughs) about (laughs) and any second now he's just gonna fly creature bursts out of the the jeff goldblum shell He's, um, he's about, he's well into the Brundlefly process. He's well yes, into yes. the Brundlefly process. That would explain why the shit's coming out of his mouth then. <sighs> but uh, he, he keeps it in jars. In there, Do you think like he keeps like the bags of his, the organs which are becoming redundant in jars around, uh, around his house? Yeah, dude's got more organs in jars than your average Egyptian tomb. <laughs> That's right. Uh, to pulling us in into the topic here, Bolsonaro is currently running for re-election against uh, uh, Lula, who is kind of part of this this little movement that's been going on lately in Latin America, the Pink Tide, right? Pink Wave, whatever we want to call it. Um, there has been a rise of like democratic socialists uh, winning elections, and in this case, Lula has been winning against him thus far. The first round is done. Lula won the first round. Uh, we'll see how things go going forward. However, uh, don't want to give too much good news because we can't have nice things and the world is awful. Um, Bolsonaro did a lot better than people expected. And so the problem is just the way that like Congress works in Brazil. Uh, Lula's ability to do a lot of the radical reforms he wants to do will probably get crippled. Uh, because of the amount of right-wingers that will be um, in Congress and whatever. Because Bolsonaro's party uh, technically won more seats. Ah, fuck it. I, so I it's it's going to be a rough time. It's going to be a rough time. I also wanted to bring up Brazil because, um, you know, uh, we, we've gotten some criticism that uh, we, we don't. We sometimes do current events and not talk a lot about Christianity and socialism. Oh. Yeah. And we've uh. heard you. And so we, we hear, hear you. you. We see you. We see um, you. Person you. I won't we see name you. the person. Listen, you know who you are—the dude who left like a two-star review on fucking Apple Podcasts. So we know who you are. Fucker. <laughs> you made um, us. You shit. made us I'm actually want to consider our actions. Fuck you. You Fuck made us try to improve. You, you really made us put work into this fucking thing. Fuck you, man. So, so there is a religious angle to this. Uh, there, There is a religious angle to Brazil. And Brazil is like a, a fascinating country that uh, I wish I knew more about the politics. I haven't read a lot about it. But it is, it is pretty funny that a lot of there's a lot of similarities between U.S. politics and Brazilian politics. Um, 
except it's like kind of like a caricature. There's like a lot more extreme stuff in in Brazil, but it's like a lot of the same stuff going on in the US. Um, and one of the big like things that's mirroring this is the rise of evangelicalism. So oh. evangelicalism <laughs> is set to be the uh, the biggest religious movement in Brazil. It is actually starting to outpace Catholicism. Oh. <laughs> Now, that is a mixed bag, though, because one thing that Brazil matches American politics is, is your average person has completely incomprehensible political views. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So, Bolsonaro, if if you recall, won in 2018, basically on the back of an evangelical right he pushed, he built. Uh, he kind of pushed, a, uh, did a Bush thing, similar to, like, Bush in 2000, right? Um, and it made evangelicals, yeah, this like evangelical right a big force there is an evangelical left and then there is uh more than that an evangelical uh chaos politics um so the like evangelicals aren't quite lining up with bolsonaro quite as much anymore and some of them are voting for lula it's just getting bizarre actually evangelicals brought lula in office in 2002 so like Evangelicals are kind of a chaotic group in Brazil. Uh, they're not lined up quite with the culture war like they are yeah. in the U.S. So, like, one of the funniest things I found in this article was um, this poll weighed opinions on issues uh, with evangelicals and found that when it comes to law enforcement, LGBTQ rights, and drug li- liberalization, 41% of Brazilian evangelicals hold left-wing stances. What? <laughs> Amazing. You love to see it. <laughs> This is just completely nuts. This is nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. What? What is? So what, uh, my my what vulgar. Is going on? Yeah, my vulgar theory is like uh, South America largely doesn't have the Puritan influence that North America does. Mm, um, yeah. So I don't know. Like that just just there is you know taking like. <sighs> Which isn't it's to say there are yeah it's just it's just different like there are clearly a lot of similar psychoses coming out because it is also a settler colonial culture um, mm-hmm. to some extent I know it went down uh, differently uh, in Brazil yes, but... I'm, just, I'm not super clear on the history but uh, yeah again wild speculation uh, as informed as I can be um, but yeah no they just they have all the more uh, the like Southern European uh neuroses instead of the northern european ones yeah yeah uh but that just winds up like they have a more permissive like sexual and drug culture ultimately yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's fascinating uh i i don't know what to make of it but yeah we'll we'll just have to see how this all plays out just absolutely um, just i mean yeah it'll be very funny if the future of like the evangelical left is in fucking brazil why not? Oh. I think there's more more likely to see an evangelical left in Latin America yeah. than you are to see an evangelical left in the U.S. Unfortunately, yeah, um, I, as, yeah, I as a political point, force for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think that a religious left in the U.S. is yeah definitely can be a political Poss- force. There's a lot of there's a lot of potential for that right now. Like there's a lot of churning mm-hmm. and bubbling going on. Yeah, but I think terms, it's more I, likely I to gotta, come out of the main line and certain aspects of Catholicism, though. Um, yeah, and I yeah, think there's that more inter, infrastructure inter, there, for sure. I think that interfaith communication with other Abrahamic religions uh, is probably key to bolstering that because the religious mm-hmm. right has had so much time and groundwork to just swell it. Over well, time. I will I'm, say, you, 
the amount of people, like, the amount of people in Judaism who have leftist sympathies and the way that goes back for a long time, and Catholic people, too, with, like, Catholic workers' unions, I think they're pretty much integral to, like, I would say an American left-wing religious movement. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's just a mixed bag, though, because on the other hand, you have, like, you know, uh, American Jews also being often, there being a lot of rabid Zionists, and then with Catholicism, mm, you have yeah. a lot of... Um, a lot of the pro-life movement in the U.S. was really built by Catholics who reached out to evangelicals. So it's a mixed bag, but there is potential, I think, with uh, with left-wing um, Jews and left-wing yeah. Catholics um, um, and then the main line. Yeah, well, I mean, my my sort of outsider's perspective is if there there is a real future for the church, I think it is going to be centered around the global south. Uh, and largely, I, I mean, already is <laughs> like, uh-huh. that's where like Africa, like when I was coming up, like that was, that was the thing. Things are happening in Africa. Things are happening in South America for yep. better and worse. I mean, even things yeah. are happening in Asia. A lot of people mm-hmm. kind of write Asia off the books. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, th- yeah. things are happening everywhere. <laughs> of course. Oh my really. God. But things, yeah, yeah. Things happen when we don't observe them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do we want to want to hop in the plane for our last quick uh, quick world news before we move on? Um, bum, bum, yeah, let's bum, go. Bum. We're flying off to England, folks. World um, news. This one's a bummer, uh, but I I felt that we should cover it because um, we've talked a lot about Southern Baptist sex abuse and we've talked a lot about Catholic sex abuse on the show, and it would not be fair if I tried to ignore the Anglican. Uh, sex abuse. <laughs> so there was a recent investigation um, in the Church of England that found 383 cases of b- abuse that are pending further investigation. Uh, 168 were children and 149 were vulnerable adults, which I'm not quite sure what that means. But um, any any number of uh, protect, protected characteristics. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Elderly, so, disabled, any any anything yeah. like that. Yeah. So it, you know, we're more is going to come out with time. So I don't think we're going to spend a lot of time talking about it because um, hopefully as we learn more, I'll, we'll get into it a little more. But um, this is coming after there was a past cases review, uh, I believe in 2010, don't quote me on that, um, that only said there were 13 cases. And uh, there was a lot of scrutiny from people who were like, that's just not possible, um, that there are definitely more than that. And you need to look harder at your records. And so for, for what it's worth, the Church of England did actually take the, you know, take that criticism and try to actually take steps to begin investigating. Um, that being said, uh, you know, they're talking about recommendations of how to wor- move forward. They're talking about setting up a charter to ensure that children's voices are heard. Um, but uh, the independent inquiry into child sex abuse uh, did detail how the church could like do more and they don't seem to be taking those steps. So they they should probably be doing a lot more. However, they are taking some baby steps. So hopefully we will see stuff get addressed. But uh, as it currently stands... It's not too great. I know there was also a, a bit of investigation into Anglican churches in Canada, but don't I, I don't feel confident saying anything specific about that. But I saw that headline recently, um, and uh, I do believe that the Episcopal Church should consider doing similar investigations as an Episcopalian. I will, yeah, say that. So, uh, yeah, anything else you guys want to add to that specific? Or oh, I do. I have some. So I, I don't know. I I have noticed an air of um. I want I I do want to preface. I'm coming 
to Episcopalianism. I'm going to convert within the next year. I'm going to go through the commute, well, the confirmation progress to be confirmed in the Episcopal Church. But what I really think is that I've noticed there is kind of an air of haughtiness in the Episcopal Church, and I just want to say the Episcopal Church is not without its flaws. I'm not coming to it because it's the perfect church, obviously, because Mm -hmm. no church is going to be the perfect church. I'm coming into it for my own reasons. I have theological reasons. I think uh, a lot of people who've been seeing me on Twitter in the past while, uh, who know me now, within the, the past few couple months, have been known that I've been banging on the Episcopal Church's capacity for, like, the inclusive orthodoxy movement and essentially uh, whipping a bunch of, like, queer people like myself who are adjacent to inclusive orthodoxy and who want that Christian experience without having to be told that they're only affirmed if they practice Christianity a certain way. I think it's incredibly important. I think the Episcopal Church has the capacity for that. I think it has the unique capacity for that. I think the Anglican communion has the unique capacity for that. But it's been met with some resistance. There are people who were being haughty to me and kind of condescending. And, you know, I think the Episcopal Church has to reckon with its own self of like, I don't know, I feel like sometimes the Episcopal Church feels like it's exempt from these trappings, and it's not. It's not. Yeah. It needs to finally, like, it needs to buckle down. It needs to be able to say, like, we're like any other Christian denomination. We have things we believe, very strongly stated beliefs, you know. We we do affirm these, like, these beliefs, and, you know, to affirm these beliefs, we have to be self-critical. I feel like the Episcopal Church is kind of in a bad way right now, where it's like, whoo, like... At least we're not those those regressive Catholics. Whew. At least we're not. Yeah, don't do that shit. We're not the I, Southern Baptists. Yeah. Yeah. At least you're not the Southern Baptists. Uh, no one is and, exempt yeah, from li- this shit. Li- liberals, you know, uh, liberals are just as capable of sexual abuse. You know, like it's 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 just as likely to take place um, in our churches. So, yeah, um, it's, uh, power yeah. structures and accountability. Um, Mm-hmm. All I got to say is every day I get a little closer to just going full stop. Mankind will not be free until the last king is strangled at the entrails of the last priest. So, uh, <laughs> uh, man, I don't know. Like I, I just every every pillar of our society seems to be a, a systematized uh, apparatus for torture and violation and atrocity. And uh, yeah, yeah, I just I just like there have been the the fruits of reform have been negligible over the mm-hmm. course of my my uh you know brief existence so far so yeah. i don't know man yeah. <laughs> i don't know like i just don't know what's worth saving anymore but again outsider perspective mm-hmm. on this yeah. i am i do not participate in any of these communities and that's yeah. kind of my yeah so take take that as you will <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think like obviously I'm not a burn down the church uh, perspective, but I do think radical reform is like really needed, and uh, I really, really, really hope the Anglican Church can uh, step up to that call. But only time will that, tell. Um, I th- I think that having uh, and obviously this is not the general rule because of course you know the Southern Baptists are not inherently as hierarchical as the Anglican tradition or the Catholic tradition. However, I think that there is something to be said that the hierarchies within uh, both of these traditions have an inherent role to play within the power dynamics that go into sexual abuse. 
and that this mm-hmm. is something that it it having positions of spiritual and political power that these positions allow you and within this is the baptist tradition they've in a way adapted that into a more pseudo democratic structure having hierarchies of of power such as that i think that this is where ultimately i will always disagree with more high church where i will always disagree with more high church positions is that ultimately i view that this kind of hierarchy as unjustifiable. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I, I think that at this point in, in the tradition of humankind, this is not worked out. Having yeah. structures of power like this and that that's what these are. Having the Church of England has an inherent hier- hierarchical system of power of bishops and priests and archbishops that allow one to have, it will allow predators to one seep in because predators will always seek positions of power to lord o- over those whom they can victimize and it will allow those who have more of a proclivity to becoming a predator for whatever reason that vacuum it gives them the excuse of well i i can do this i have i like i i'm in this position i can do this this is fine there's nothing wrong with this well, and I, I will say what, one thing that is uh, what I like about the Episcopal Church, despite it having the hierarchical hierarchical uh, structure, is it also has the fruit of, fruit of um, uh, American republicanism. Um, you know, of the the early you know early years of the republic, there was there was democratic impulses kind of stuck stuck in it. So there's lots of lay councils. Uh, they very intentionally consult like lay people councils that they form. And I think that going forward, part of the reason the democratic apparatuses in the Southern Baptist uh, Church are don't work is uh, that the the fucking the culture of the Southern Baptist Church is rotten to the core. It is just um, they they democratically vote for rapists like that is yeah. that is it. Yeah, it's a, the Episcopal it's a Church has has the power because with these lay councils to very intentionally set up accountability systems to have a council of people of lay people who have children in the church, you know, whatever, who could be the accountability in their parish or whatever. And I would I, I hope that we can see something like that where we are always watchful because necessarily when you put somebody in a position of power, there is the likelihood of this abuse, like Jack was saying. And so if we have these democratic apparatuses, we should take advantage of them. Yeah, I think that would be excellent. I th- that's one thing that really brings me to the Episcopal Church uh, personally. Um, do you want to move on? Yeah. yeah. What is the goal here in terms of really moving the needle and, ha- and supporting these protesters? Well, first and foremost, it is to hold accountable those individuals in Iran responsible. Senior correspondent Susan Orbison is in Rio de Janeiro tonight. And Susan, this appears to be a lot closer than expected. Yeah, the vote was really tight. Fast forward to his presidential victory. Just seconds after the win, he prayed with an evangelical pastor. For committing human rights violations, and this is horrific. Tell us what the opposition wants. What will Brazil look like if your opponent wins? My election itself was almost a miracle. Pull the mask out of the clip. I connected my campaign anchored only with a biblical passage, John 8.32. 
Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The inquiry could hardly be more damning. Described as a place where abusers could hide, the Church of England and Wales for decades accused of neglect of the physical, emotional and spiritual well-being. The media never gave me any visibility or space. There will be attempts, certainly by the highest levels of the Church of England, much to the contrary. To hide, to cover up. They attacked me all the time throughout the campaign. Because they will see it's too embarrassing. So I've no doubt at all that the church is absolutely not ready. He shall know the truth. They're rearranging the chairs. And the truth shall make you free. On the decks of the Titanic, I'm afraid. Human rights violations. All right, our plane is landing back home. Um, we've, we've oh, arrived back oh at the God, domestic the front. Plane, it hit the back. <laughs> God damn it, Phil. Oh, God. Son of a bitch. Let's do oh, we do that. Turn on the TV. No, that's, it's all good. Just okay. Um, we need to, I, I need to, um, I got a, I think one of the wedding gifts that I'm going to get Nalima is a shot caller for Phil. <laughs> oh, oh! I was gonna make such a bad joke just there. Oh, I'm sure you were. I'm uh, sure that's you where were. the shot and caller that, would that, come in. That deserves the shot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, could we get him a shot caller? Is it possible to have a shot caller that I can control from Iowa? Even I'm sure that we can program. I'm sure that you can program it so that there are multiple users. Oh yeah, because yeah, that, that would uh, be awesome. I mean, if they can they can do it for uh, sex toys, I'm sure they can do it for shock collars. So that's right. I would like Bluetooth, to, uh, Wi-Fi like... connected vibrator. You know, uh, <laughs> partner, your part, you you got it on all day. Your partner's got the remote. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, I'm yeah. like I speak for Wi-Fi. Yeah, and I can uh, press a button every time Phil uh, makes a joke that I don't like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. There is there is a Wi-Fi shot caller. Oh my god! Okay, uh, we're starting a Patreon just for this. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, right now, I want you to ask your wife would she would she be interested in 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 a decking you out in a shot caller? Hey, honey, yeah. Would you ever put a shot caller on me for any reason? Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> no, she didn't even hesitate. That <laughs> <laughs> was so quick. All right. All, all right. right. Well. All right. Well. Moving in. We got we got two more topics. Let's do this. It's our first Patreon um, goal. That's our first Patreon goal. All right. Uh. Well. So I mean, I'm sure if if anyone. I, okay. I am sure most of the people who listen to this are, are weird stoners. Uh, so I'll go ahead and say you probably already know it. Biden is pardoning a bunch of people uh, for uh, simple possession of marijuana, potentially rescheduling um, marijuana. We'll see. And uh, yeah, uh, looks like there's uh, some modest reforms going into legalization. Uh, it could also uh, go nowhere, which is also likely, but... You know, I'll take the win, I guess. Yeah, it, 
I I've seen some comparisons to like the uh, um, the ACA rollout. Like it's going to be this weird hodgepodge of a state by state. So it's largely just going to shake out to like okay, the places where it's legal, it's going to be a little more enshrined in law, and then like I yeah, yeah I just I it's right. I'm kind more. of on the like yeah, this is like too little, too late in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it's a good it's a good shift in the it's a good rhetorical shift. I think yeah. in, in American politics at the very least, uh, I, I'm especially happy from that a press. So, be... Yeah. Like it's not, it's not all bad. It's just going to be like kind of shitty in the way it gets like, it's going to help some people. It's not going to help nearly enough people <laughs> at the end. No. And yeah. uh, if you review some of the exemptions to it, you'll find that uh, non-citizens are specifically exempted from being pardoned. Of course, of course. which is where a lot, uh, a big course. portion of of federal drug, uh, federal marijuana charges. Um, and a lot of a lot of people don't just get charged with simple possession; they get charged with um, uh, like se- sale selling, and um, you know, if somebody happened to have a gun on them while they had marijuana, they get that that thrown on. You know, it, so yeah. It's like the, uh, but that being said, the the six thousand people that are in jail for simple possession, like good for them. I'm glad they're getting out. Yeah, um, I'm happy. I I'm happy that this is. Uh, it, I know that we're all very cynical, but there is something very good in that six thousand people are going to be able to get their lives back, and I think that yes. that is a very good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that it was more, people, and I wish, but yeah. I wish that was more. I wish that this was there was more to this than what it is, and I I hope that some good things can come from being established. But there is more work to be done, and I don't want. And a lot of people probably, if there is a political movement in this country which is uh, just tenacious as hell, it's the it's the legalized cannabis movement, which has yep. just been chucking along for years. So yeah, yeah, yeah. man. I mean, uh, right? Uh, there's been a lot of progress on on this specifically. Like, I mean, in our lifetime, I, right? Yeah. I'm I'm privileged to live in a in a state and a city where it's you know completely legalized and uh, it rocks pretty good. Recommend it. Hell yeah. And I am excited to visit uh, you on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> I think uh, one aspect we'll, of... We'll take of care of you, man. Being, <laughs> one aspect of, of, of weed being, de- uh, um, being moved to a different classification, I think part of it is that... I know that dispensaries, you're not able to pay... You're only, you can only pay with cash. Can't yeah, accept they, uh, debit or credit at all. Um, in yeah, in Chicago, they have some pretty clever workarounds with that. They usually have like an ATM on site. Uh, I don't know. There's uh, ways to yes. like to yeah. like uh, you know they they Work most of the dispensaries it. have ways to pay with a card on site. Pretty it, it it's they add a couple steps, so it's technically a cash transaction. But like you know, they're not turning away the business by any means. But yeah, there's right. Yeah, the 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 laws around it are a mess. Also. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Just if just if it does get reclassified, isn't it going to allow that to happen? I believe. Like I think because weed is classified as a category one, it can't be. That's part of why like it can't be purchased through card. I, w- I would have to mm, yep. go back and look I mean, yeah, exactly. I'm, but that that's I'm pretty sure that's a factor. So regardless, I think that on one hand, this is going to make. Uh, dispensaries a little bit more probably viable especially if you don't have cash on you even if there are like workarounds that you find within that it 
will be a lot easier for people just to pay with a card because these days uh, I know most people really aren't carrying that much cash on them. True. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, nice, I think nice little thing. It's it's a nice little thing, but don't get complacent. This is not yeah, legalization. Right. This is not even decriminalization. <laughs> it's a step, which is a sign that Biden really wants you to vote uh, in a particular way <laughs> during the midterms, which is in a month. So, yeah. Oh God. Yeah, guys, <sighs> uh, vote go, vote for good old Brandon. He hasn't failed us yet, except for all the times he yeah, failed us. Let's, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's go roll up. Let's a fat go, Brandon. With, Woo. With dark Brandon Woo. at the Dank House. You think and, Bra- and, do you think Brandon smudge, would be and, and smudge that place like the if, if, the Zenny Hardin tweet? Um, if Biden uh, really wanted to fucking win, though, I, if he just executive order decriminalized weed and then like forgave everyone's student loans, hundred percent Democrat for a hundred years. For a hundred years, Democrat. Do you know how? Years. Do you know the kind of landslide that you would get if you did that? <laughs> They, but they like liberal brain considers that cheating. It's not doing real politics to them. No, we're that you're just, buying I, a vote. That's what this all is. This is yeah, how representative a, democracy quick, works. Yeah. It's why it's bullshit. But that's how we have to work at it. It's not. This yeah. is not a bug. This is a feature of representative democracy. You have to buy votes. Yeah. What's in it for <sighs> me? This is America. Come on. That's right. Yeah, America's a representative democracy, which means every once in a while we get to choose a guy who's like. Yes, uh, McDonald's, please give me $300,000 today so that uh, I can pass legislation that kills black children. Thank you very much. I thought that you were going to say, McDonald's, please give me 3,000 hamburgers, and this was going to be like a Trump thing. Oh, but McDonald's, you got to give me 3,000 burgers, McDonald's. Anyway, uh, Uh, we're going to something sad, right? uh, Yeah, we're ending on a high note of levity before we get to something particularly heinous. Sad, sad. This is uh, one of the one of the most fucked up stories to come out re- recently. So, so to um, be clear, I have no idea about any of this. So I'm coming okay. to this completely blind. Okay, so let's let's go ahead and say, uh, you know, we should probably do this more often. Uh, and we did just talk a ton about sexual abuse without a trigger warning. But uh, if you if you've struggled with suicidal ideation and stuff like that before. You could probably skip yeah, ahead like fifteen minutes because this is turn pretty this bad. Off. Sorry, yeah, this uh, is a pretty bad. We we love you. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah. not to Amazon oversell the parasocial thing going you. on here, but uh, yeah, yeah. We uh, anybody who uh, listens to this, I am sure the hosts have great affection for you. And um, did I just blow out my microphone? By the way, yeah, you cut out. Thank God. Um, oh, okay, so I shouted it here. I'll do it from a distance. Amazon is trying to kill you. What? It still so sounds like trying, trying to kill, to kill, you. To kill you. Yeah, yeah Amazon's uh, trying to kill you. Yeah. Oh, Amazon's yeah, trying before, to kill you. That's before true. we get into it. Uh, last part. We do care about you a lot. If you're struggling with it mm-hmm. with uh, suicidal ideation, we'll put the suicide hotline in the show notes. You know, the whole yeah. thing. We love you. We care about you. Not to. Uh, as Josh was putting it, the parasocial dynamic, which makes me very uncomfortable. But hey, if you're struggling, drop us a DM or something. We don't want anything to happen to you. We love you, and yeah. we think that the world is a yeah. better place with you there. Okay. Well, uh, one one thing that's nice about having a small podcast like that is it isn't entirely parasocial. Like our Discord is like pretty active, and we do talk to all of you a lot. So anyway, um, 
So a story got canceled on CBS recently. And so the uh, the uh, I, I don't know if she's an attorney involved in this, but she's involved in the case here. Uh, she's she's uh, uh, someone who represents uh, families destroyed by big tech, is what her bias is. Uh, Carrie Goldberg decided to just get the story out on Twitter. And so a lot of mainstream news is not covering this, and so I felt the need we should do, talk about it. Uh, she is currently representing a lawsuit against Amazon for selling suicide kits. So I wish we were making this up. Rewinding a little bit here. Um, I recall the the New York Times did cover this, uh, something related to this, but did not throw Amazon under the bus. Uh, a little while back, there was actually an episode of The Daily about this, about um, online forums that people would go to and talk about how to commit suicide and encourage each other to do it and build up the quote unquote courage to do it and, you know. And one of the most popular methods was drinking 98% pure sodium nitrate which is uh, a really, really, really strong chemical substance that will kill you really fast. Um, Amazon, this is what has come out recently, sells 98% pure sodium nitrate. Now, there is no reason somebody should be buying sodium nitrate at that concentration uh, when it's used outside of like a factory or a chemical situation. Like, a, like you were um, saying, outside the, of like a laboratory environment, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. There is no reason to be buying it or selling it for public consumption, except for with suicide. And that is uh, that is basically the only people that were purchasing it on Amazon. So because of the nature of the algorithm on Amazon, it also suggested other things to have alongside of it and essentially created a little package. And so it included with the recommended things to buy with sodium nitrate, Tagamet, which I think I'm mispronouncing, but it is a uh, anti-nausea. So it prevents you from throwing up, which is a common problem for people who try to commit suicide with sodium nitrate is they throw it up. So it would give you a anti-nausea to take alongside it and an Amazon edition of the Peaceful Pill Handbook, which is a suicide manual that is being sold on Amazon. So you could say, okay. This is bad, but it's the algorithm. Amazon didn't know any better. You know, it's just automatically sorting these items because they get purchased together, right? Which was actually my impulse before Josiah explained that there is uh, there is more to this. More, so, and it's worse. Grieving, grieving parents would begin to give one star reviews to sodium nitrate after they found out what happened, and they would explain this is this is being used to commit suicide. You need to stop selling this. Amazon was manually going in and removing the one-star reviews. Oh. Manually. manually. Manually, you say. It's a not a... Uh, le- yeah. yeah. Um, it, uh, it, it, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad, and they are currently fighting a public uh, lawsuit about this and consistently saying that they are not liable uh, for what somebody does with their products. Um, and since there are technically other uses for sodium nitrate, again, not at the concentration that's being sold, though, like at 98%, you have to like mix that with thousands of gallons of water to make a cleaning product. Like it is really strong. Who the fuck um, is buying this other than who the fuck is people buying that amount? Exactly. Outside? Right. Absolutely. Like, no, like the, 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 I, like, okay, no, that pauses for a second. The only justification that you have in, in allowing that amount to be sold is that your institutions such as labs or schools are buying these. Schools and labs buy these from suppliers. From specific, mm-hmm. from, they don't buy that shit from Amazon. Not, 
if you are, let's say that you're a university, and as part of being a university is that you have a chemistry lab. Mm-hmm. You buy this shit by the bulk. No matter yeah, you're, how right. much shit Amazon sells, they are not selling industrial bulk chemicals. Yeah, but they're selling Jekyll's this. Right. Amazon isn't a bulk seller, so they don't really get the same incentives and discounts that you would get from a bulk seller. Unless you're making money off of people committing suicide. Unless you're making Unless money, you're off, making of money off of people suicide. committing suicide. Which is very bad. Which is what they're doing. And that, this is what that is. Yep. And yeah, you should get you should get really pissed because this isn't just like, you know, uh oh the a mistake oopsie because they have not righted it. They have it gone on the record saying they do not intend to write this to fix it. And um this gets worse because as I mentioned, Carrie Goldberg had a 60 minutes uh segment set up to talk about this. Um alongside like, you know, CBS stuff. It all got canceled last minute. Um and it is because, I mean, they, nobody has said this, but you can Google this. Uh, Amazon has very, very close ties with both of with with those with CBS. Uh, yeah, they, they host their streaming. They they do a lot of stuff. So this is very clearly an example of big businesses uh, not you know working together to uh, not throw each other under the bus for uh, something appalling. Yep. <sighs> yeah, I, so evil, e- evil. Like so, this is. Uh, like this is the real Roko's Basilisk shit. It's not that the algorithm itself has any sentience or an agenda of its own. It's that the algorithm is exists, uh, and the people who control these businesses, they are controlled by people with names and addresses. They defer their sing- decision making to the algorithm. Like this was a joke on the last season of Barry. Like just uh the um uh right the execs oh the algorithm said like you know your show isn't appealing to this demographic so we're we're done we're terminating the contract because the and that's the justification so uh i mean yeah this is a this is a case of like uh you know of uh so algorithmic decision making uh combined with the the priorities and legal duties of a publicly held corporation mm-hmm. uh deciding that it is more profitable to uh uh mass distribute death to the individual consumer uh e- even even more troubling is part so Carrie Goldberg said she was not they had very intentionally avoided bringing this to the press in part because and this is the risk this is why we did this trigger warning and stuff in general talking about suicide increases suicide because it it increases suicidal ideation um so you always have to be very careful about how you report suicide and stuff related to that um on the news because you could increase people's likelihood to do that you know that's the risk you run i mean there are probably people listening to this that didn't know what sodium nitrate was and they just learned what that is from this that's always the risk however the reason that they decided to go ahead and go to cbs and try to get a story out is in part to warn parents about this stuff because and and to take an even further step which is that there is an antidote to sodium nitrate even though it kills you within like i don't know like 10 to 10 minutes to an hour i think uh there is an antidote which is a uh, methylene blue and so in part they wanted to encourage people that if they had a suicidal teenager and they're unsure about their purchasing habit that they would have methylene blue on hand mm. and be able to have an antidote an antidote in case something happens and because 
several of the wrongful death suits, this is, again, trigger warning hard, several of the wrongful death suits included people who had received texts from their teenagers who had regretted taking it after taking it. Oh, But oh couldn't God. get it out. And so they did not want to commit suicide, but died anyway. They changed their mind. Jesus and, Christ. And uh, that mean, could have been changed if Methylin Blue had been fucking in that house. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm gonna go on a yeah. wild assumption and say that the algorithm did fucking recommend Methylin Blue in addition to all the other how to commit suicide kit that it was no. suggesting to <sighs> Jesus fucking Christ, man. This, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This is so oh, this girl. is why I wanted to talk about this story because it is being pretty underreported right now and it makes me fucking live it. Like hell, hell is too good for some people. Like I mean, the worst yeah. things we can imagine is just too good for some people. I will say, uh, I'm I'm very much certain that all of those people who are sadly gone from this world are cradled in the arms of our Lord. I don't think that they, they are they are in Christ's beautiful and immaculate hands and will never ever again suffer how they have suffered in this life, and mm-hmm. that their deaths could have been prevented. Uh, yeah. had Amazon not engaged in not only this horrible behavior, but also uh, if there was a, a greater range of ex- accessibility towards the antidote, and if mm-hmm. there was at least, at least if we had better mental health services, if we had just a more equitable society that was able to actually functionally deal with this shit at the expense mm-hmm. of profit, this stuff wouldn't have happened. Yeah. I mean, that's that's, you know, we'll do our little Christian podcast thing and say, yeah, we we uh, believe that um, those those the victims to this are, you know, God is on their side and is is comforting them. We also believe in a wrathful God. And that is something yeah, we've God's going to clear about on cut those and, bitches down. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm sorry, you, you, you know, you you're going to hell man <laughs> these amazon I, people in are moments going like to hell. this i just i cite the the age old johnny cash version of god's going to cut you down where it's like <laughs> it's such a it's such a good song to listen to when you're like yeah these people need to fucking drop <laughs> uh so i think i think that's about it for that really downer of a topic um yeah what a sorry fucking for way dumping to end that the show. all man on, yeah, uh, but, yeah, you're probably going to have to cut this, but person no, never mind. I'm not going to finish that sentence. <laughs> no. I think our I think feelings are pretty clear. <laughs> Look who came to dinner. What's uh hold on. Josiah, what is that that ver- that uh that uh hymn that is God curse uh uh asking God to curse someone? Uh what is that one? Oh, from? oh, an oh, impectory uh, psalm. Oh. Yeah, impeccatory. Impeccatory uh, psalms. You know, I mean, you can go to the words of Jesus himself. It's it's better to hang a millstone around your neck than lead the children astray. And uh, yeah, pretty pretty. It's pretty clear what's going on here. All right, give me give me a, a, an impeccatory psalm. Psalm sixty nine. Woo. Which one? Psalm sixty nine. Psalm sixty nine. Literally. Oh gee. Oh oh my. Wait. Is that is that true? Is it literally Psalm? It is Psalm literally. Uh, it has an. Inc- it has the line: "Pour out your indignation on them, and let your burning anger overtake them." Amazing. Okay, I'll start from twenty and then work down to twenty-four. So this is uh, an impeccatory psalm, uh, Psalm sixty-nine, starting at verse twenty, working down, which I think is pretty apt for all of our feelings, and so that we don't say something which can be considered legally actionable. Um, 
We're I think we we're can read the Bible, it. folks. <laughs> it's got the Bible's got everything you want to. The Bible's got everything that you wanted there. <laughs> you know how I am scorned, disgraced, and shamed. All my enemies are before you. Scorn has broken my heart and has left me helpless. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. For comforters, but I found none. They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. May the table set before them become a snare. May it become a retribution and a trap. May their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see. And may their backs be bent forever. Pour out your wrath on them. Let your fierce anger overtake them. May their place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in their tents. For they persecute those you wound and talk about the pain of those you hurt. Charge them with the crime, with crime upon crime. Do not let them share in your salvation. May they be blotted out from the book of life and not be listed with the righteous. But as for me, afflicted and in pain, may your salvation, God, protect me. Um... Unfortunately, that impeccatory psalm missed Amazon, and it uh, it hit Phil. So Phil's gone. <laughs> yeah, he's dead Phil, now. Phil's gone. Um, he's, he's, his name has been stricken <laughs> from the Book of Life. Yeah, and he he had to go to Fenera. But um, <laughs> which is which is as you know, <laughs> worse than hell. <laughs> oh God! Oh my God! <laughs> well, on that wonderful note. Um, I do think we should wrap up, though. I think we, I think we yeah, did a pretty solid episode here. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's good. Um, let's just go ahead and do a quick one here. So uh, I, I have, I've been Josiah. You can follow me at Josiah W Sutton on Twitter dot com. Uh, I put out an episode of Fruitless. I don't remember if I advertised it last episode, but it has Phil on it. It's a good time. And I should have another episode of Fruitless coming out soon uh, with uh, Chris Barker returning to talk about the 1848 revolutions. So look out for that. Um, and I was joined today by Phil, who is gone, but you can follow him at Cryptid Director on Twitter. And Josh, our backup ghosts for today. Yeah, uh, I'm Josh Noam Chamsky on Twitter. Uh I I have a podcast called Odd Splice that I, I haven't really put out any new material for in quite some time, but I'm hope I've every time I've been on this podcast all summer I've said oh I'm I'm trying to make more, but uh, I think I'm actually in a position to <laughs> to start uh, getting those out again. Um, I've got some old ones in the can about uh, a lot of war movies, and I'm I'm kind of finishing up a, a loose series on david mamet's the unit and like troop culture and and stuff so that's that's a a bit of a teaser of some stuff happening in odd splice land and uh i i cede the rest of my time all right and uh and jackal yeah uh you can follow me at jackal jester on twitter.com and fuck man that was a that was a real downer uh yeah uh we care about you and we uh we really hope that if you're going through a rough time that uh remember that there there are those who love you and you are never truly alone that's right and don't take uh, any guff from the swine out there don't <laughs> yeah. uh what a what an episode everybody we did it, we did uh, it. now everybody leave go away <laughs> please leave please go leave As an American conservative whose writing focuses a lot on the totalitarian nature of wokeness, the biggest difference between our conservative politicians and Viktor Orban is this. Our team talks.
talks incessantly about how horrible wokeness is, but Prime Minister Orban actually does something about it. For example, in Budapest, I learned that the Orban government had removed accreditation and funding for gender studies in Hungarian state universities. Yeah. Now, in the past, I would have opposed that kind of thing on the grounds that whatever harm gender studies did to society, it was not worth the state involving itself in the life of universities in that way. Well, those days are over. We are living right now through an ongoing societal catastrophe with gender confusion and transgenderism. Viktor Orban wants to save his nation from this ideological toxin and does not hesitate to use the power of the state to do so even if it might violate the spirit of liberalism. This past summer, I visited the government's family ministry and learned that in two days from the time of our meeting, the government was going to put forth a bill in parliament that would regulate LGBT material directed to minors. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free.